Welcome to Court and Call, episode 11. On today's podcast, I will be chatting with no drama actor and poet, Andre Callanan, and we will be discussing acting and directing in a snippet or a vignette situation, very much like our own shindig, which we just had last week, and we will be discussing that as well. Past ones too, we'll also be discussing the writing process, not only for poetry, but for just generalisation when it comes to theatre, and we'll also be discussing director-actor relationships, overcoming shyness, radio plays, and looking forward to the future. And I am delighted to say our guest on this week's Court and Call is Mr. Andre Callanan. Andre, hello. Lovely to be here, Sean. Thank you very, very much for joining us, Andre. I know you're busy and I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day just to have a few words and have a bit of a chat just basically around your experience with no drama, the shindig. We just had a shindig and just me and you working together in the shindigs between an actor and a director kind of forming a good working relationship and methods for shindig pieces and just general stuff when it comes to actors and directing as well. And I'll talk about some of the writings you've been doing as well. Me and you have had many discussions uh, over the last year or so about how you wanted to write and you had some ideas and basically just banter between the two of us and just conversations about ideas and just creative ideas that were kind of flown and just sharing that experience of, of the writing process. And we'll just talk about you coming into No Drama Basically, I guess, overcoming shyness in a way. You are pretty in your shell when you, when you joined us about a couple of years ago, just under a couple of years ago. Very and much basically, so, yeah. we'll just talk about general theatre and general inspiration and stuff that you find engaging in, in the world of, of theatre and the world of acting and writing and all of the above. So first of all, welcome. Thanks for having me, Sean. Always a pleasure. And I'll just touch on the shindig because we just had a shindig and it really was fantastic this was our second time doing it online just want to say a big thank you and congratulations to the guys who submitted pieces to the directors and the writers and the guys who acted and they really were fantastic really pulled the blind arm Renee and Malcolm put it all together this time around and really did a fantastic job and it's really starting to grow it's gaining momentum we probably will be doing another one online this year maybe two that's still to be confirmed question mark over that one but I think we will have to do it online for the foreseeable anyway and it's just, you can see people really starting to grow and become comfortable. I think some people had doubts and maybe, I don't know, maybe a little bit trepidation about doing things online, especially when it comes to film. And we were very restricted this the last time. And I think we might have even been a little bit more restricted this time. Definitely, yeah. I mean, you couldn't really, you could go outside last time and gather in small groups. This just time, about. That, even that was off the table. So yeah, people, much. I'd say people really had to get very creative this time. Yeah, and the people... The guys who were involved really did. I know you weren't involved this time around, but I will talk about the shindig because you have acted in three of my shindig pieces um, and we'll touch upon that, just the relationships behind the characters and just a general shindig kind of overview because when you joined O Drama, you were very shy, as I said. One of the, I had met you previously at the workshops and, and kind of was introduced to you, but it was the auditions for Gaslight and I wasn't involved with the production per se, but I was there in the school at the time just helping out with the audition process. I think I've told you the story before. Me and Kate basically eavesdropped on your audition. I remember it well. And uh, I remember we were like, here's the new guy. Let's see if he can bring the goods to the table. And I kind of, I was look, just looking at you and you were very quiet, very shy. It wasn't even that you were intense, but you could see you were kind of a deep thinker. And I was like, this, this kid, as I said, this kid's going to be good. You know, he's going to bring the goods. <laughs> and he did. We were like idiots with glasses up against the door, like chuckling, like, Ooh. but um <laughs> There's an image for you, but uh, it really was fantastic. And I remember saying, like, bags in for the shindig, because we had a shindig coming up a couple of weeks later, or a few weeks later, maybe a month later or so. Acting for the first time is quite intimidating. And it's a unique job acting. An actor must be able to draw on his or her own experience to relate to a fictional character. And then, in a sense, bring that character to life. And I suppose every actor has his or her own process for doing whatever they do on stage, be it research, rehearsal, they may have an idea for the imagery they want to portray on stage, like costumes or however they want to look, and even maybe kind of a bit of method acting. But it's all still very much a process. And being authentic does not come away and doesn't come from like a step-by-step blueprint. It's rather, I guess, not to sound too cheesy, but it can be an emotional or even a physical journey. And this is critical for a director, and particularly from my standpoint in this instance, to understand if he or she is to work with the actor. And you very much lived up to that statement. I have to say, not to sound like I'm kissing your ass too much, but it really was <laughs> wonderful, for, especially for someone who was so new to the process. Now, I know we'll talk about some of your past 
maybe situations with acting, but no drama kind of was one of the first kind of areas where you were on stage and in a piece on stage, no matter how small or big, it's still a stage and you're still yeah. portraying yourself to an audience. So I'm going to let you take the floor there on that one. Yeah. I mean, even from basically what even got me into no drama in the first place, I, I was, I knew I was quite shy. It'd been something I'd been, you know, trying to, you know, because I believe that at the end of the day, you, you everyone can change. I don't have a, a fixed mindset. I have a, a changeable mindset. So I, I, I really decided I, I would work on this. And just thinking back to, to when I was in secondary school, I was in one, I think, one production of the field in secondary school. Oh. And I really enjoyed it back then. So I thought, look, theatre is something I think I could get behind and I could maybe use it as a way to to meet people and do things I wouldn't normally do, move in ways I don't normally move, speak in ways I don't normally speak, get more comfortable just uh, projecting not only a character, but, you know, you put some of yourself into it as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm here on stage. I'm, I'm projecting myself to the world. And I figured that would be a really nice way, a really like sort of, there's a lot of avenue for growth there. So that, that's what kind of drew me to know drama in the first place. And I remember the first the first workshop uh, I was going to, I had trouble finding the um, school. The school. We all done that. That happened to me too. <laughs> yeah. And I remember I walked into a pub to go to the toilet and I was just thinking, look, well, I just leave this and go home. And thank God I didn't. Bloody yeah. hell. Thank God for us as but, well, because we wouldn't have never yeah. met you. Because it's been so transformative like my experience here I've, I've met so many people and done things I, I didn't think I'd be doing and I, I found a, a new passion I have to say with acting you'd be surprised how many people get lost on the way to the school it's like we're like a mirage in the desert people can't see yeah. people <laughs> upon us like come in we're only, only for you sitting outside <laughs> yeah and I actually wasn't there that night yeah. but I, I remember well um it is. And as I said, we love having you. And it was great because, I mean, we, we love in no drama. It's excellent when you can bring people in and everyone is fantastic and everyone brings their own thing to the to the group and to the table. And, all. and again, I don't want to sound too patronizing. You can tell straight away, I think, if someone is going to be good. And that's why I was like, bagging for the shindig. I wanted you for the shindig. Because I, like, I was like, this, this, the way you were kind of, as you were talking about moving in a certain way and bringing something to the character in a, in a, in a way, it's kind of, it was kind of instinctive. You can kind of pick it up. And you could tell you were very passionate about it, very eager. You wanted to learn. Uh, and from a director's standpoint, that's always a wonderful thing. When someone is, wants to be there, you know they want to work, you know they want to learn, you know they want to bring something to it. No matter how big or small the production is or fleeting, uh, you know, the, the play. I mean, I mean, the shindig for us is important, but it's not the most serious thing all the time. You know, it's very fun a lot of the time. It's a bit really just us basically showcasing some of our actors, some of our pieces, and bringing everything to the table as writers, as actors, as directors, as techie people. I think it's a great springboard. I've always said that the Shindig really is a great springboard to feel your way through and to to experiment and to throw something out there and see if people like it. I just remember, you just, you just, you just hit all the nails on the head. I was like, oh, he's one of us. He just, he, he's good. A hundred percent. Yeah, especially even when you're, you're getting on stage for the first time to, to do it in a Shindig. I think it's the perfect reading ground or, you know, to, to grow the the culture of your, your acting ability. Very much. Um, it's, you know, you're surrounded by other people who are, you know, were in, are or were in the same position as you. Um, so they, they know exactly what it feels like to, to be up there. And I think that makes it, you know, the, they can, it makes it easier for you to, to get on stage then. Yeah. Cause how did you find going on stage that first night? Because you were very nervous. Very, very, yeah, very you nervous. Quietly nervous. A lot of people are nervous and they're like, ah, I'm running around like a headless chicken, namely me. Um, and a lot of others, but you are just kind of sitting there very calm, very quietly. And I remember yeah, coming off the it was all a facade. Yeah. Just saying, <laughs> definitely. Don't be too nervous. And you're like, I was like, and you were like, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, just, just take a breath, relax. It's going to be okay. No one's going to die. You're going to be all right. Just go on and do it. And I remember you. From all I see, you get that kind of euphoric rush. When you're on there, you don't really feel it. It's only when you come off, I feel you're like, <gasps> but it's wonderful. It's a wonderful feeling. It's always, um, you're most nervous just before going on. And when you're actually on and, and just starting off, very nervous as well. But when you 
get into it and you, you're on there and you're like, actually, yeah, I know what to do now. Yeah. And you can carry on. And, and then you have the rush afterwards where you're like, yeah. yes. And, and for me, after that first one, yeah, it, it, I was ecstatic. I, I, I couldn't believe what I'd just done. Yeah. I, I, it took me um, a year before doing that first shindig and then showed me myself a year in the future. I, I wouldn't, have, <laughs> wouldn't have believed that would have been me. So that's fantastic because I think if we're going to be doing it online, we have a lot of people expressing interest in kind of submitting pieces for the shindig and it would be wonderful. You know, the more pieces we get and the more people interested, the more we can grow it, especially if it's going to be an online thing. And then of course, we will be going back to a live theater, live stage situation as well at some stage. And it would be wonderful to bring something new to that once that kicks back off. So your words of advice there was, was fantastic. And, Hopefully it can can inspire some people maybe to who who have never acted in a shindig or have always been a little bit scared to do it to say you can't do it and if you put your mind to it yeah. you know you can you can really do anything because it's hard to direct shindig pieces as well and a lot of people might say really they're only small they're short but a common mistake among directors is simply telling directors things like you know give me more of this give me more anger time I think those directors seem to think that by asking for an immediate result they're going to get something natural, which they don't, I feel. I always like to let the actors kind of feel their way through. They, as directors, and I've worked with directors myself and seen even other directors directing actors, they don't always remember that acting is a process. And they, as the director, should should nurture that. You know, speak to your actor, join them for a moment on their journey, not to sound too kind of corny again, but it is a journey in a sense. And a director shouldn't be a demander. And sometimes maybe you have to demand things, but they shouldn't be aggressive in that or again, it has to be nurturing. They have to work with their actors and be able to express ideas, you know, develop ideas and emotions and direct them toward the one desired goal, which is to have the piece good and if great, if not good, and bring whatever the script is to life, help construct the scene and break it down with them. I don't know, maybe some people say analyze the situation from a viewpoint of the character, which is important. But again, I just like in the process, a lot of people kind of, when I'm directing, sometimes think I'm kind of quiet and I am a kind of quiet director. I don't overly force myself on the actor. I like to let them take the lead sometime and just kind of, mm. especially with first time actors, because I like working with first time actors and people who may not have a lot of experience. It's a springboard, I said, to get them the confidence to go on stage. And I like to kind of let them have their viewpoint and, and have a discussion. It's not always a dictatorship where it's like, I want it done like this, it has to be done like this. Sometimes you have to be a little bit like, especially with jokes and comedy situations, read it as it is because otherwise the joke may fail and not everyone might get it. But in most circumstances, I like to let the actor, maybe not completely freestyle, but it's a, it's a two-way streak. You know, I like to let them work with it well. Did you feel like that when you were working with me? Absolutely, have, yeah. As an actor, you may have a total viewpoint and say I was a total tyrant and a total idiot. And, <laughs> you know. I wouldn't say that. No, no, no I'm, you were very um, patient with us. Yeah, like you said, especially the first time we kind of, we would read it and, and just get comfortable with it first. And you let us adopt our own kind of natural, natural way of, of saying, you know, reading the script and acting out the script before you jumped in and said, you know, before you jumped in with your, your tips and ideas and yeah. direction. I think that was important for us to, to find our footing first before, before moving on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Job done. And I think the pieces we did were very well received. The first one wasn't so much. It wasn't a great piece. It was just kind of an idea. And that's what I love about this. <laughs> even if it's yeah. an idea. And even if it's not great and you know it's not great. But at least you give it a chance to see the light of day and maybe develop. Exactly. Decide then if you want to develop it further or you say, no, you know what? I'm going to leave it. We won't. It didn't work. A lot of people are scared to do that. And it's not that I don't respect people who are so uptight and are so terrified of their work that they're afraid to get a bad review or a bad critique. Or And I don't mind that at all. I like people being constructive with me. I don't think people don't need to be abusive and rip it to shreds. They can, but I, that doesn't help anyone. I think if you didn't like it, you should say so. Be constructive about it. This is what I did like about it. This is where you could go better next time. And I think that's what it should be about as a group. And, and we are. And I think that really does help in the long run. I would say to people, don't be scared. Again, no, don't be scared to go on stage and act in something. I mean, if, if it's something you, you like and want to do, if, if you don't like the piece, obviously don't do it. But if, if you, you find something within it that you can bring and help extend your own acting chops, I would say, don't be scared. Even do it. Even if it's, you might think it's a complete failure, but even if it will lead to something better down the line, the next one or the next kind of workshop, you can do something better, work on ideas. I guess it's just another extension of the creative process. Yeah, I mean, the Shindig's the perfect place to experiment. Yeah. 
I can't think of anywhere else where you could. You really have free reign to experiment. So, I mean, as yeah. long as you keep it to a certain certain length and so on. Of but, course, yeah. But I mean, you can try any any idea you have. You can try, and and the shindig's a great place to put it in and see gauge your reaction. And I think to make it creatively anywhere, you, you have to be able to accept the fact that success isn't always guaranteed and failure is part of the process. Yeah. I don't call it failure though. I just call it a learning curve. Yeah, it, yeah. it is a learning curve, really. It's not, failure is too harsh to say. Yeah. I, Especially you, with a shindig because you can do it in front of a real audience. And I say that quote, yeah. audience, because in the workshops we can do it, but it's just us and it's, you know, it, it is a learning curve, but to actually get that energy and vibe of being on stage and have a, a reaction to the audience and a relationship with the audience and a, a two-way pull, you know, a give and take situation with an audience and, a, and an actor. And, you know, you can feel that on stage. You can feel when you're getting the genuine laughs. You can feel when people are genuinely shocked by a line and, or if people are sad or people can feel an emotional pain. You know, I, I think you can feel it when you're on stage. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Well, well done. You missed this shindig. Uh, hopefully you will be able to return to the next one. I think one of the reasons why you sat out this one is you're involved with myself and Karina on Seminar, which will be our upcoming summer production. And we will have more on that down the line on Court Call. The more news and more details uh, Seminar is scheduled to go ahead in the summer. And we will keep you up to date. We want to devote more time for a couple of podcasts, hopefully, um, just to discuss the play with the cast and with Karina and with everyone involved as well. So we look forward to that. If you want to add a couple of little tidbits about Seminar without giving too much away, please do. Uh, how you find the experience so far and just how you've come into again your own. This is your first time in a first... Well, no, it's not actually. You were in Gaslight, but you had a small part. This is your first time in a bigger part in a, in a no drama part. Yeah. yeah. First speaking role, yes. First speaking. Um, Did you not speak in the last one? I thought you spoke in Gaslight. You might have said hello. Or, I snuck in a little word. Yeah, you looked on the, the part. Night, or you yeah. and Terry did look yeah. the part, I have to say. And that, that's... Yeah. Excellent as well. But go yeah. on, sorry. Um, no, it's been really good to have, especially now in lockdown, when people are stuck in and yeah. you don't have much to do at all. I mean, this has been something to to give a focus to, you know, to dedicate time to and, and kind of work on as a, as a project. I think a lot of people are lacking that right now and to yeah. be able to, to go in and do that and feel like you know you accomplished something today you know whether it's rehearsal or learning a line and to feed to see the to see it moving forward each time i think it it provides a great um a great uh avenue for um just i'm not even not even getting out your frustration but but yeah, focusing your uh, focusing your energy that you know everyone has so much um Pent up energy, I think. Pent, you know. pent up energy, and where does it go? You know, and yeah, uh, some, some place to, to, to put, put it. it. Yeah, jinx. You owe me a coke. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty, and I think that's one of the most frustrating things about all of the aspects of cross the creative arts and the creative world and the theatre world, especially now, is what is going to happen. What is? Yeah. Is, where where is it going to go? And I keep saying this. I've said this on many podcasts. I even said it on a radio interview I did a couple of weeks ago or last week. I was interviewing a, a wonderful musician and talking about gigs and how the gigs have been affected as well on the music side of things. And, you know, it's awful. People who are in the situation of not knowing, especially about situations that they can't control, there is always an uncertainty and that does develop a lot of fear. And the thing I can say is maybe there, there are empty words of influence or inspiration, but, you know, try not to worry about it too much and get too hung up on it because start planning on where it's going to go. It's not going to be stuck like this forever. Yeah. And I always say check back on the past because people have gone through a lot of hard times before and hard times don't last. Time does move on and the things that come with it grow with it too. And there is a place, there will be a place to go. We will be back in the theatre. We will be back on stage. We will be able to do all that again. So start planning now, even if you're in your free time, instead of turning it into fear or energy, or wasted energy, I always say, because it's very easy said, easily said than done. But start planning, have a focus and, and pinpoint, even if it doesn't pan out, still have that kind of, plan or even a backup plan as to where you want it to go but i think a lot of us are doing that i mean we're still doing the shindigs we didn't just roll over and say oh we're not doing anything anymore you know we've adapted we've done alternative things and we've tried to accommodate people the best way we can as possible even um the committee me and you and the other guys have been working hard to do that and setting up groups and stuff so i think it will work out in the end it's not going to be a completely dire situation no and again to talk about the shindig that's another yeah another avenue for people to direct their energy into yeah and 
achieve a sense of, I guess, accomplishment as well. Yeah. Because actors will often ask, what's the motivation? What's my motivation? And instead of a director saying, well, tell me which emotion you want to see, or I think you need to study the acting situation, even if it's a script, and really understand the characters and be able to verbalize clearly and concisely what any character's motivation is at any given moment and, and not demand an immediate result. And I think that transpires as well over to the planning of it all as well. Um, instead, you know, stay motivated. And even if you're directing stuff online, you know, still point the actors towards the given goal. Yeah. I learned early in my movie career, very early, the first major role I had in a movie, which was a movie called Street Smart. And I worked with a director named Jerry Schatzberg. Jerry didn't give me one line of direction. Stood back and let me do my thing. That's the kind of director I like. <laughs> there are some directors who need to guide you through minutia. They just make you nervous, make you feel like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing up here. I remember writing one director, write a, a letter once after having done this picture, saying, you know, directing isn't really what you're doing. <laughs> and I feel the same way about actors. One of the reasons, people say, how does Clint Eastwood get such performers, form performances out of his actors? He doesn't. He hires actors and then he takes a giant step backwards, makes them so great. If I work with someone who does get up my nose, I, I believe that making a movie is strictly a collaborative effort. I talk, you talk, we listen, we come to some agreement, and we do the movie. If you like to talk. Some directors don't. They say, this is where the camera's going to be, and okay, uh, anytime you're ready. But Clint, he never says action. He doesn't say cut. And that's fine, but some, some you know, they want to know, do you, do you, do you get it? So why are you asking me, do I get it? You hired me. Of course I get it. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about inspiration, general inspiration. We'll talk about acting first. Any actors you admire or really kind of looked at, they don't have to be majorly famous people. They can be local mm -hmm. people or any, any person from a walk of life. It doesn't even have to be acting. Sometimes another art form can influence another situation, a different situation. I really love... Someone who probably I would have kind of empathized with or, you know, yeah, really, who really inspired me. David Byrne from Talking Heads, like he, he's spoken about, you know, how much he experienced shyness as a child. He was extremely shy mm -hmm. and he just, he made one, did one interview, I think, uh, where he, someone, someone asked him, well, you know, if you're so shy, how do you get up on stage? Mm -hmm. How, how is that a something you, you ever thought about doing. And, and he always this enthusiastic, Tina? Does he bubble over like this and then just set the world on fire? I guess he's organically shy. <laughs> <laughs> I got to write that. Are you a shy person? I'd say so. How do you... How on earth then do you get up in front of people and do this? I mean, do you flog yourself into it? Are you not an extrovert? No. I always figure I don't know the people. I get really nervous if there's friends out there. To him, it seemed like an inevitability. In order to express himself, he had to get up on stage yeah. because he wasn't able to do it in everyday life. And he could get up there and, like I said, move in ways that he wouldn't normally say things he wouldn't normally get to say. And that, to him, was was expressing himself and, and letting it all out there. And yeah. We're big Talking Heads fans, anyway, me and you. Oh, huge. One huge. of our bonding, one yeah. of our bonding uh, things, all of our stuff <laughs> making think so. sense. I think once yeah. we figured out I was like I think we're going to be lifelong friends <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. greatest concert film of all time it's never even like never mind the fact that we directed each other or acted no, in no. or worked with each other like we like to talk about it. that's cool yeah <laughs> we're set it's all we need it's all we need yeah excellent and I want to talk to you a little bit about writing because uh, a lot of people may know some may not you have started to well I don't know we started maybe you've just started showcasing it more and as I said at the top of the podcast me and you have just had discussions about writing and what air influences were and, and just general ideas of writing you often ask me what made you write that and what made you make that character this yeah. way and what made you made them say that and that was another thing i liked about you you were very inquisitive and, and 
not in an annoying way. Like, why is this like that? Why, why, why? Meaning, like, you really were like, what? You took an interest. Like, well, what's that about? And, and me, with you too, you know, from the director's point, but like, so why did you, what made you move like that? What? You have started to write some wonderful, wonderful poetry. And I am a little bit of an amateur poet myself. I told you I used to do pieces when I was a kid and do radio stuff, book reviews and poetry readings and poetry reviews and stuff like that. But your poems are fantastic. Really, really good, good stuff. And I won't go too deep with you on the inspiration behind it and all of that. But what made you start writing poetry in the first place? Do you know, it it came from, I realized I, I'd always, I wanted to be someone who, who did create things. I, I wanted to have some kind of output and I, I thought about writing, writing theater pieces. I, I will one day actually write a shindig piece. I, I will definitely get to that. I'll hold a gun I, to have an idea. I have an idea in mind already for the next one. Possibly. Hold that, hold that. <clears throat> Watch this space. Yeah, anyway. But with, um, with the poetry, it was, it was more that, well, what can I, what can I create now? And what, what will, it's very hard to describe actually how, but I sort of had a feeling that I wanted to put into, into words and you just get, I, I took it up on myself one night. Um, I'd seen um, Shivy writes a lot of poetry. Absolutely. Fun and, and stuff. Excellent, excellent poetry. That would, that was sort of the inspiration for me to uh, put pen to paper and see what I could sort of pull from whatever images or feelings were in my mind at the time. Yeah. Excellent. No, really, really good stuff. But go on, continue if you want to. Yeah, and I, I sort of, I took that and that inspiration and I just wrote out this this one poem about, I think, about about dealing with, with negative thoughts that enter your mind and you're describing the feeling of how, how they how they bounce around your mind and just basically just trying to, to conjure up images for the reader and, and that became the poem and I threw it out there for the world to see and it kind of gets addictive then you you have yeah. other ideas that you want to to write about and and you just you don't even when you start writing the poem you don't you don't set out to go from start to finish you just write until you feel you've explained whatever it is you're feeling at the time adequately and then you and then that's your poem excellent and i would advise people to check it out do you think you will ever try and publish a book or do something in the sense of of having it even a broader audience. I, I look. I'm not a big. I wouldn't be a master critic or, or a reviewer. I have done you know reviews and stuff in the past, and I've been a member of Poetry Ireland. But it's it's worthy of publication. Well, right now I actually want to to read more poetry because um, I sort of started it having seen Shivy's poetry, mm-hmm. um, but I, I I really wasn't kind of well versed in the whole world of poetry. I hadn't really read any since. You know, everyone read it in secondary school. Yeah. I hadn't really read any since then. So I kind of want to explore and, and see different writing styles and, and figure out, you know, is there, you know, so, you know, you don't want to get caught in your own, um, your own one style. You want to be constantly explore. changing and evolving and, and yeah. you know. No, it really is great. And we have to bring your own night coming up on the 22nd of March and we do them every couple of months. Do you see yourself ever doing one on the bring your own night? Hopefully you will. I actually hadn't considered that, Sean, but um, that is a really good idea. Yeah. You see? I will. I'll try and influence you there and get you to do that. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. No, I'm only kidding. I won't influence you, but I would love you to do one. Um, I think a lot of people in Ojoama would because uh, it's, again, like the shindig, the monologue night, well, there used to be monologue nights that bring your own nights now, is again another way of expressing, uh, expressing yourself and, and portraying your work in, in a poem or monologue form similar to the shindig it's a great springboard and again you're amongst friends it's a good way of getting the confidence and overcoming the fear to actually say because it's very i think even doing reading the poem out for me at least would be very daunting more so than acting on stage because if you act on stage you can kind of especially if it's like a comedy piece or a light piece you can kind of just flutter about and kind of mask yourself and say okay i'll be in the background but you're it's just you alone in a metaphorical spotlight uh, it's just you know kind of True. standing there like what do i do but I would definitely encourage you to do a monologue because I done one. The first time I ever done it was it was pre-COVID. We were in Flannery's in the pub. It even turned into a kind of mini theatre piece. I had to walk around the pub and start at the back of the room and kind of had I had markers on the ground where I was to stop. 
stand and perform and kind of direct it at certain members because it was like in the round. So I had like a group of people all around me and it really was fantastic. I was absolutely bricking it before doing it, but I did it and it was really my opener. I would definitely to do myself more of them, hopefully when we do come back to normal as well. But uh, I would definitely say go for it if you want to do it. Absolutely. Yeah, I've actually yet to do a, a monologue or a performing a monologue night yeah. or BIO. Plenty of time. Maybe I will. Do you think the internet and social media contribute to the well-being of poetry? Because it is another vehicle, especially with your poems, to, to showcase. How do you feel about that? It can only. I mean, if you look at Instagram, it, it's kind of a, a hotbed of poetry, really, if, if you go looking. There's so many um, writers out there that are um, just putting out their own works that would never have, probably never have uh, otherwise if it, if it didn't exist. Yeah. So I think it can only be a force for good. Some people may... Some purists may uh, to, to write it, um, but yeah, let whatever w- whatever encourages people to create more uh, is only a good thing, really. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, definitely, definitely. I won't stay on this forever. I won't stay on the poetry forever. But do you think some of your pieces could be turned into, or even intertwined some way into a theatrical piece? It's it's interesting because mm. I was talking to a songwriter recently, and I he writes poems too, and I was asking him, to, you know, how easy is it for him to transfer a poem into a song, or vice versa, but more so the poem into a song format. And I would have thought I'm not a songwriter. I've attempted to write one a couple of times, didn't go down well. I'm not a Again, a purist on these situations, but I would have thought they kind of came pretty hand in hand. And it turned out for him, it didn't. And I got me thinking about could, again, just reading back on some of your poems and others as well, even the likes of Shivies and stuff, you know, kind of even when you're reading them and even you come across a line and I'm like, that would make a great line in a theater piece. Or, you know, that would be a great opener to something. And, and you could adapt it some way or intertwine it. And some, some people have done it. How do you think your pieces would... would fit into that um, hmm. i actually some of it actually kind of worked the opposite for some of my poems i had originally envisioned i would write something for theater with some of the ideas i had in my poems okay that's interesting uh, but they they turned into poetry instead right. maybe i'll revisit them one day and and try and or see if i can work something into a theater piece yeah. i'd say whatever theater piece i do end up writing will will have many of the the themes that would be in my poetry, you know, you yeah. know everyone writes from themselves. So there's, there, there would, there's bound to be some overlap in whatever I do write when I, when I get around to doing something for the shindig or something. Book a list, you have a to-do list. Shindig, Book write, a list, shindig, absolutely. write a new poem, do a monologue now, intertwine poetry into an acting piece. So yeah. Get working now. As a director, I'm telling you now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I think you have, it takes time as well. And it's, again, it's all about experimentation and, and just sitting back and thinking about it and, sometimes the best ideas are left kind of unsaid it just happens you don't plan it it just kind of pops into your head it can happen miraculously and it's just like oh didn't really see that like that before but okay we'll try. Yeah. I, I mean i think so much of i never sit down for me when i write i never sit down and say i'm going to write something now yeah. um doesn't it just it just it just enters your head yeah. and then you feel like you have to write it down before it leaves your head yeah and that's that's it it's probably the same with you when I'm writing your shindig pieces. You don't definitely. Um, uh, if you sit down and say I'm going to write something, it just never happens. Uh, no, no. I've often done it and forced myself to do it. It doesn't work. You can write something, but it's no good. You can tell it's forced. I've never even those pieces I've written. I've never even brought before an audience. I've never even showed to anyone. It was just in a way for me, especially during lockdown, because I felt the writing side of things had even my own creativity had slightly slid a little bit. And we were talking about this recently in a workshop with Dave McGowan about the creative process and how he was asking, how did people's creativity, did it suffer in any way, shape or form during the lockdown? And I think I said no, but I think back after, it was only after the workshop ended, I kind of think back, I was like, kind of at the beginning of the lockdown, I kind of did a little bit. I think I was putting too much focus and too much energy and overanalyzing it a little bit. And what happened was, I think what kicked, started it and kicked it into gear again. Uh, one of the pieces that I directed you in for Shindig last year, the singer, got picked up for an online reading thing in America. I think I'd submitted it way before and it was kind of only coming to light now. I was like, oh. So, and when I hear that back, it kind of got the wheels and the cogs turning in my brain again, saying, oh, remembering how I was writing. And that just came very quickly to me. I think I wrote that piece in like 10 minutes. Right. Just, just, uh, I was kind of like, oh, okay. And then I kind of started to write more and some of them are good, some of them are not. And then, Again, I just, I found an interesting story. Uh, I was reading an old blog. They're all blogs kind of about 
characters in Dublin. And, uh, that's when I came across the old news stories and of, of the gang, the Sons of Dawn. And that was the next Shindig piece that you were in that we done for the online Shindig in October. And I wrote pretty much half a screenplay around that and picked just like the no- an opening scene and turned it into a Shindig piece. So that kind of got me back on track in regards to writing and stuff. But I think it did suffer a little bit. Again, I would always advise people, and if, especially even you, if you're thinking about writing a Shindig piece, especially, don't force it. It will just come naturally. Um, you'd be surprised where you can yeah. find the inspiration. Yeah, I, I think you have to be in a, a sort of a playful state whenever you write something. Um, yeah. You can't force it, really. Yeah, definitely. I think as well, and as we've seen with the lockdown, particularly this time around, particularly this time around, a lot of this year's Shindig pieces were very heavily, I don't want to say lockdown influence, but in some way, shape or form, I think they all were. There was an undertone of isolation, feeling uneasy about situations, kind of feeling trapped and isolated, as I said, and, and smothered. And, but the outcome was fantastic to the end of them and they were all great in that regard. I think that was very heavily. And even in the comedy pieces, even like the little piece I wrote myself, it was uh, about a session, a therapy session. And it's, it's a comic overtone, but at the, you could, one could say, if you were really to look under the covers of it and the purists again could say, well, it's actually about mental health and a guy dealing with his mental health issues and discovering things about his own life and his own personal relationships and his own life in, in a way that he'd never looked before and it made him open his eyes. So in one sense, I think, the lockdown has, in a good sense, the only good thing about it was has got people thinking again, especially at the first round of it was a bit like, oh, what do we do? By the second round of lockdown, I think it got people back in a creative space. And even if it was a little bit based on the, on the lockdown and all the situation that's happening in the world, I think it's a good thing. I think it's one of the only good things to come of a situation like this is good art can come from. It's like if you look back in the past, you know, you look at the Vietnam War or any kind of horrific situation in life, and look at the music at the time. It inspired people to write some great songs. It inspired people just to write great scripts and theater pieces. And hopefully, not even from an old drama standpoint, just in a general standpoint, in the arts world all over the world, that some, some good can come from it. Some good art can come from it. Yeah. I think it's, it's always interesting how, even when you put limitations on something, it can, even limitations can even foster even more greater creativity when, when, when you have to work with a, a limited set of tools. Yeah, say, no, something absolutely. like a lockdown, of course, would. Yeah, I think if it, I think it would get stale after a while, though, if we do continue in lockdown, where it would 100%, people no. continuously doing lockdown pieces. I think it would people would get a bit sick of it and be like, "Oh, move on." Even though we're still in this, you know, yeah, better. Um, and people will. I mean, it's just every, uh, everyone's open that we can move on, you know. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully, and we will. I'm not a poet. I'm not a writer. Not an academic. Not a critic. But. I'm a performer. My job is to try to transmit what the playwright, the novelist, the scriptwriter, or the poet heard when they wrote. My job is not to get in the way, not let me get in the way. Another another thing that lockdown has caused us all to do, I think, and look at is uh, radio pieces and audio pieces. Yes, and you yourself were a part of even on. I don't want to say unwillingly. You were willing to do the pieces in the first place, but maybe <laughs> unbeknownst to yourself, one of the heavy hitters in the Scarif Bay FM Clear Bay Drama Festival because you were in Wine from Greenland, which was Alejandro Nicholson's play that he wrote and directed. I think a couple of years ago, and then he put it on for Court and Call. We done it as a radio play, and he submitted it to the to the Scarif Bay FM Festival as well. And it really was well received. The adjudicator really loved the surrealism, surrealism of the piece. And he was very complimentary to all of the actors, including you. So I don't know if you know that. I didn't actually hear um, what the adjudicator said. You can listen so back that, to That's it. good to know. It's I will, on, definitely. Um, it's on the, uh, their website. They have it as a podcast. But I can Lovely. send it to you too if you need it. But uh, you were in my piece as well, The Sons of Dawn, that we done, I done as a shindig piece. And I included it as a, like an ensemble piece, that I, a little just a comedy satire piece I done. Uh, it was nothing, nothing major. Just kind of something to to get some people, get a few laughs going, and make yeah. people laugh a little bit. Uh, but you were fantastic in that. And he praised in the Sons of Dawn. I don't know if people who who haven't seen it or heard it. It was about a, a situation in 1920 in Dublin, and this kind of well-to-do rich person was robbed by three basically thugs, three criminals. And you, a friend of mine, Michael McCormick, and um, Myself, yeah, it was myself who played the three talks, and he he liked the wackiness of it and the, <laughs> the 
again, it was almost kind of surreal. He didn't really get it though. I was kind of, I was, I wanted to like write to him and explain to him like it was a Dublin thing. It was based on a true story and it's wacky because it's like this. But he liked that and it was it was good constructive stuff. So he was well received. So you're coming into your own with the radio acting as well. I want how do you find acting for radio different to doing something on stage, um, or even from a film piece for Shindig? Wine from Greenland wasn't the first time you worked with Alejandro. You had worked with him. Last summer, when his online play Boxes premiered, you were a part of that. It was very funny, very well received, and done a great job there too. Uh, you're in demand as a radio actor. You've been in many pieces now, two, three. We've, you've one coming up. We won't give one spoiler alert. One in, one in the pipeline, yeah. Um, one in the can. Uh, yeah, I I do enjoy the way the way it can come together. So you can do this in. Like it's a shorter time frame to actually create a radio play. It's yeah. nice to to be able to put something out there. So um, I don't want to say so quickly. It's not thrown together, but obviously it's it's just the voice you have to work on. Yeah, uh, it's nice to be able to have that that output yeah. there. Of course, everything's like I have I have no I have no experience other than none of us other had. than the radio plays. Yeah, <laughs> we all we all had to adapt, but um, it's it's really fun and it's something you can do from the comfort of your own home yeah, yeah. no it is good and I think even some of the pieces that I have done many, I've only done one radio piece even as I, I as you know I'm a radio presenter an amateur radio presenter a part time radio presenter whatever you want to call it freelance and I've been doing that for years but it's very different when you have to act on radio to put more focus on the voice more emphasis on the character because you can't be seen you're only heard and then just the whole sound of it, if you're directing the radio piece and putting it together and we've done a whole podcast episode on this with me uh, Johnny and Alejandro just plug that there if you just want to check back on it. <laughs> um, shameless plugger. It, shameless. No, it, 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 uh, it is very difficult. It can be quite difficult. And I think it's another thing we all want to look at and, and explore more and do better. Because uh, even when I was listening to that festival, the Radio Play Festival, a lot of it was very, I don't want to say the word amateur, but I guess a lot of it is amateur. Because I think a lot of theatre groups, just from the, experience, from the vibe and the feeling I got from it, Again, we're like no drama. They were finding their way, feeling their way, finding their feet, putting together radio pieces. And all of the pieces were excellent in their own way and in their own, had their own sense of style. And they're all very different and diverse and wonderful. And it's great to see that coming together. And I thought the adjudicator was a little bit harsh on it because he was very technical and very, and you kind of feel like saying, well, lighten up a little bit. I mean, it's, this is a lot of, this is a new situation for a lot of people maybe the radio station have done festivals like that in the past before and i used to more experienced people but the the, the point i'm trying to make is the good thing to come out of it is hopefully people will start be able to kind of get a hang of it more practice more put more time and effort into a radio production in lieu of a straight up theater piece absolutely yeah and i have to say props to anyone who who directed a radio piece or you know, and, and was responsible for the editing as well and putting it together because yeah, that's where that is, that is the real challenge in it, isn't it? You know, it is very um, challenging and it's, it's just, it's time consuming and it's hard when you're yeah. working towards a deadline. Absolutely. Just keep cracking away as, as that. Hopefully, as I said, you have one coming up. Hopefully that's going to be great. Um, I haven't heard it yet. I've read the script. It's a fantastic script. I'm looking really forward to, to seeing it. And when I heard you acting Wine from Greenland before some, I was like, it was a new facet to your acting because I was like, you, you brought something to your own voice and your own character. I was kind of like, oh, that's interesting. It's like, I've never kind of he- heard, I was going to say, I've never seen Andre in this life, but I couldn't see it, but I, I've never <laughs> heard Andre in this life. So well done again um, on that. It was really, really great. Radio plays. Thank you. I hope, though, you're welcome. I hope they, they we do kind of more of them. And we will. We're, I mean, we, we do them on Court and Call uh, a lot. And we have a lot of interesting stuff coming up, hopefully, in the in the pipeline. With regards to the radio plays, hopefully it can be involved. They're fun. They're a lot of fun to do. They're fun. They are fun. They're a lot of work. I don't think people realise that just the work that goes into it. And I said that last week on on the episode that I did for for my episode. I thank the actors specifically, including yourself, because it's it takes a lot of time. Even if you're doing it quickly, it takes a lot of time in preparation to do it and then put it all together. Just a pre kind of situation beforehand yeah and you're actually doing the piece and then there's an aftermath of it to put it all together so it's a it's a lot more time consuming than say a theater piece um i think although they are time consuming too especially just for the time especially because a lot of them are short and snappy they have to be very i think that's a lot of problem with a lot of people find because with theater you can be a bit more loose but whatever something on the radio it has to be very very snappy very very quick and now and no dead air and different beats and different gaps and and or no gaps but you, you know you, it, it's a package that has to be put together very tightly yeah I think especially you do have to kind of um, work to keep the listener's attention as well because they can be doing all sorts of things while, Absolutely. while listening to the radio play. So there is a bit of work in there involved in that. Yeah. 
any advice that you would give to people to kind of make people get, keep their attention focused? Because people in this day and age don't have the best attention spans. <laughs> I think, I mean, it's it's all in the rise and fall as well, isn't it? You know, moments of tension that, that that's broken and yeah. builds up again. You can't have, you know, it all a 10 all the way all the way through but you can't yeah. have a, a one all the way through either it has to has to rise and fall i'd say that would capture people's attention the most rocky point long island 1933 guglielmo marconi and david sarnoff visit the birthplace of broadcasting radio's first castle was this rustic shack in 1921, radio fans were all earphones listening to a pioneer station, WHN. Crystal Set Explorers hear such performers as Miriam Batista, child movie star. One of radio's trailblazing announcers introduces what he calls a little peach from a Broadway show. The peach poses as radio gets called everything from gag to gadget, at best a plaything and a fan. But fate is to make radio a power in a world of peace and war. I won't keep you for too much longer. Hopes for the future. What's next for Andre Callanan? Hmm. Um. I mean, to be honest, yeah, I, I'm not. I, I'm not putting a whole lot of thought into the the far future. I'm just. We're everyone's. I think looking to just to get through this and get life back to normal. But I'm definitely going to keep up, keep up acting for sure. Um. And I'm going to keep writing poetry. Hopes for the future. Maybe I'll write a shindig piece, and we'll we'll see it at the next shindig. Maybe. Here's hoping. No, that's great stuff. Really, hopefully, all that can come to fruition in the future. We do have a pub quiz coming up for a seminar. We do. You do. Andre, I want to let you plug that if you want. It's the 26th of March, I believe. It's on Zoom. Yep. We have a lovely pub quiz created by our man, Theo. He's put a lot of work into it, tested it out. It's it's really good. We'd appreciate it if you'd all come along and and support support seminar. I'm going to be there trying to win it, of course, but... uh, that to beat me. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's always third price up, third place up for grabs. So um, yeah. yeah, come along. Absolutely. As an actor, do you think attending the play readings we do has helped you kind of accentuate your own kind of talent and ideas of what it is like to get into character and become kind of stronger with regards to this, from a script element and, and analyzing a script and reading a script? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, reading as much theater as you can is always, is always beneficial, isn't it? You yeah. Know, uh, before that, I actually, I didn't know much theater. I'll admit before, uh, before even starting to, to read with those, um, those weekly read throughs. Mm-hmm. So it, it's only expanded my, um, my ability, no, not my ability, but my, my ideas behind what, what to put into a character. Absolutely. And uh, of, of course, when you're reading, I get to read a new character uh, every week. So you get to try out different things and definitely, you know, play with your voice, play with your, with your expressions it's it's great yeah, definitely just to go back to your ability i think it does i think it did with you help your ability because uh, just from an observer as someone who has directed you before you could see the strength and the growth and i think those readings definitely definitely it's a little compliment really. thank you so, thank you Sean. Uh, definitely brought brought out the best in the auditioning process and the things i've seen you audition for and now the productions that you've done be it radio be a seminar be a kind of shindigs from the past the, the last shindig at least all helped so definitely you. you can be the token inspiration behind all that you can be your token go-to person for people again <laughs> just to overcome and, and grow growth it's always a good thing i'm gonna just before we wrap up andre i'm just gonna ask you just to kind of touch upon a few topics that uh, even bullet points just to give some advice to some of our listeners and maybe even some of our newer listeners who are interested in becoming members of joining no drama or who are involved at the present and want to become more involved again sure. just to, you know just a little bit about the shindig overcoming the shyness writing and just a general kind of overview of getting involved because of, of all of the the people we've seen in no drama you have definitely gotten involved from from the ground up in the last year and a half absolutely i mean w- when I got into no drama, I, I, I explained before, I was com- completely nervous, but I had that idea that I would just hit the ground running and just mm-hmm. jump in and try and soak as much, soak up as much of the experience as I could. And I, but I was, I mean, I was, I was bricking it the whole way through, to be honest. Like, so I would just say, if you, if you have an idea that you want to do something within no drama, but maybe nerves are putting you off or maybe 
maybe you're saying, oh, it's too much effort or it's, 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 I just, or you think maybe I just couldn't do it. Just, just go for it. I nearly didn't audition for seminar. So if you just, I know it's so hard when, when you're feeling that, that, um, that nervousness, you'd, you'd rather be anywhere else yeah. than, than doing it. But nerves are good though. It means, it means you care. Nerves, nerves are healthy. Um, yeah. and the feeling afterwards of, of having, um, overcome those nerves is, I mean, it, it, you grow as a person as a result of it. Yeah. So, um, and you know, not, that's not to say that you should, you should conquer your nerves every time. That's not a, Nerves are going to get the better of you at some points, but yep. just challenge them, I would say. Okay, great. And with that, if you don't have anything else to add, I would just like to thank you once again for joining me here on episode 11 of Court and Call. Andre is one of our fine actors and he is a very talented artist and creative person in his own right. And he's always a very, very genuine, nice person and just a gentleman. So I'll just say thank you thank again. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for having well. me. And thanks for being on Court and Call. Adios. Adios. A big thank you to Andre again for being my guest on this week's Court and Call. Episode 11. I can't believe we have done 11 episodes already. Big thank you to everyone who supports the podcast and who listens. Really appreciate the feedback. Really appreciate the good comments. And really appreciate the downloads. We received a new milestone last week. 750 downloads and that is continuing to grow as we speak almost 800 now in 33 countries all over the world so we really appreciate it six months old now the podcast is and it's been really well received so a big thank you to everyone who listens and a big thank you to the people who listen not only on the streaming platforms but also on dublin south fm 93.9 where we are broadcast every saturday night at 10 p.m so a big thank you just for people to know andre does have a workshop our online workshops continue every Tuesday at 7 o'clock. Next workshop this Tuesday is by the wonderful Stephen Rush. And following that, the following week will be Andre. So we look forward to that. Congratulations again to everyone who participated in last week's Shindig. Really was fantastic. All the pieces were great. Well done to all the directors, writers and actors. And all involved, Malcolm and Renee especially, for putting it all together. Really a great show and appreciate it. Look forward to the next one. Our next Bring Your Own Light is online. 22nd of March, I believe it kicks off at 7 o'clock. If you're interested in attending online, please check out the No Drama social media and the No Drama website for further details. And of course, if you want to submit a piece, please email contact at nodrama.com. That goes for radio plays, radio scripts, and anything regarding information you want to know about No Drama. Please get in touch with us. We do like to hear from you. But you can email there for the Bring Your Own Night as well. With that, I just say thank you. Thanks again to Andre. Really appreciate his wise words. And we look forward to his future projects. He's a well-rounded, very talented actor. And it's always fun to work with him. Also, as mentioned during the podcast, check out the social media and the website for the upcoming pub quiz as a fundraiser for our upcoming production of Seminar 2. Really appreciate the support there as well. It's going to be a fantastic play. And the actors are doing a fantastic job at rehearsals at the moment. So we're going to be really great once it hits the stage. With that, thanks again, and just say, keep safe, stay well, and peace out.